Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome to the show, Colin Douthit. Thank you so much for having me, Victor. Excited to be here. Great to have you here. So Colin, you take a particular slant here on real estate investing. You're coming at it more from the perspective of property management. And by the way, I think that's a terrible term because properties are inanimate and they can't be managed. You're really managing the tenant relationship. How'd you get into this particular segment? So I am an engineer by trade. I've got three engineering degrees and a professional engineering license. And after the corporate world decided to part ways with me, I bought my first uh, piece of investment property. Uh, a seven-unit multifamily building, and kind of fell into it that way. Started growing my own portfolio, had to implement property management software to manage my 40, 50, 60 units as it started to grow, and then really kind of fell in love with the the management side of the things and saw it as another potential revenue stream. So uh, we got in legal compliance and started a property management company. I love it. Well, you and I have the engineering background in common. I came at it more from the microprocessor design end of the business, and that's what I focused on for a bunch of years. So okay. if you've uh, ever purchased a Panasonic multifunction printer or a Canon printer or watched a movie on the seat back display on any Airbus aircraft, uh, <laughs> you would have probably interacted with one of my microprocessors. That's impressive. Well, I had a Canon printer for many years. All right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the marketplace today. I mean, obviously, with COVID-19, there's a lot of uncertainty from a property management standpoint. Mm -hmm. Big question always, April 1st, May 1st has been, what have collections look like? Why don't you start there? Yeah, so collections are down, I would say. We're having a hard time getting an accurate read probably for, for a couple different reasons. One of them is that we've seen a lot of growth in our portfolio under management recently, and they're heavy repositioned properties with poor tenant base, poor management before we took them over. So just getting them all converted to professional management and weeding out the bad tenants in general just has dropped our collections down. And it, was, it would have had the same effect whether COVID was happening or not. But if we take just the poor tenants aside, our COVID-related issues probably only account for portfolio-wide about 5%, uh, I would say, the tenants have been affected, at at least out here in our market. That's very good. And that's pretty much on par with some of the best-in-class property managers that I've been talking to in the marketplace as well. And are you where are you focused in terms of segment? Are you talking B-class, C-class, or do you have any A-class? We don't really have any A class. We have a lot of B class and then the the problem properties are C classes that we are gonna be doing a lot of renovation on and large reposition, try to bring them up to a to a low B property at the end of the day. I love it. From a process standpoint, what have you implemented to make it easier to communicate with tenants during this time period? How has your communication changed with them? What have mm-hmm. you done special? Well, we use web-based property management software like a lot of property management companies do. So we've been taking advantage of that to uh, send mass emails to our whole tenant base all at once to get uh, communication with them. And additionally, following up with phone calls and they have a resident portal that they can access through the web or through an app and sending messages out to them saying, hey, if you have COVID-related payment issues, please contact us. Uh, letting them know that some maintenance requests may be deferred a little while until it's uh, you know deemed a little bit safer to enter if it's not a health safety thing, if it's a smaller detail or more of a, a comfort thing. I mean, obviously, if it's HVAC, we're going to get out there, but 
this handle broke off of my, uh, you know, my cabinet. I was like, okay, that can, that can probably wait a little bit to replace sure. that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we've just been communicating a lot with them, asking them to communicate with us on, <laughs> on the backside. Hey, you're going to be late. And then my property managers, uh, been very diligent about, um, you know, getting on the phone once people start getting late, uh, documenting conversations. Documenting is the key to success and all of this stuff because we can't remember it all off the top of our head. And um, we have a process internally if it's COVID related. Let's see some proof. Let's see that you've applied for unemployment, et cetera, et cetera, so that we can then start to implement some sort of uh, relief procedures on our end. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And one of the things that has come up as a question with a number of tenants that I've spoken with is this whole idea, well, if there's a moratorium on evictions, does that mean I still have to pay rent? Well, guess what? Yes, you still have to pay rent. All that's done is removed one of the remedies for the landlord. Mm-hmm. And it's only temporary removal of the remedy. Exactly. So, yeah. So no, we, would they still have to pay their rent? Uh, we have one of the processes we have is if you're communicating with us, uh, we are uh, waiving the late fees. If you say, hey, I'm unemployed because of COVID, my unemployment hasn't come in yet. Here in the States, we've had a large, uh, large influx of, of money. Uh, if you're unemployed, there's been a bump to the unemployment uh, payments that you receive. Additionally, stimulus checks have been paid to almost everybody at this point now. Uh, potentially a second round. Uh, I just saw an email from our Property Managers Association came out today that it's been reduced for a phase four. So, you know, they say, hey, okay, well, it was due on April 1st, but or your unemployment isn't going to come in until the end of April. You know, we'll waive the late fees go ahead, just communicate with us and let us know and we'll work with you. I love that. I love that. And because at the end of the day, look, people want to pay their rent. This is after all their home. It's not like their home is a discretionary expense. It's mm-hmm. not. It's part, It's one of those core things. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say, well, I'm going to forego a trip to Aspen this year, or I'm going to forego, you know, a new pair of jeans, but this is the place where people live. So it cuts as close to home as it gets. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't want people to, we don't want our tenants to go hungry or go without, right? That's never been our intention. Some landlords have been very aggressive in their wording to tenants through this period. And then some have been, oh, well, we're just going to waive this whole month's rent. And those are the two extremes. And I don't feel like either of those is right. We are all being impacted by this COVID in some way, shape or form. And, you know, we, we will work with you because we're humans too and we understand. We want to be empathetic, but uh, we can't just forgo all your rent because then we're not being responsible to what we've been entrusted to manage on behalf of the owners. One of the things that we've implemented in some jurisdictions is the application of security deposits to the rent as essentially as a rent reduction, as a temporary measure, essentially mm-hmm. to borrow from that fund, if you will, in order to make up a bit of a shortfall. Is that something that you've looked at as well? We are doing that, but slightly different. If the tenant is month to month or they're up for renewal, we have a rent security or a security deposit alternative uh, program that we use. And this is basically something that they pay on a monthly basis. So they'll pay between uh, 10 to 20 bucks a month and we can get coverage for one, two or three times what their monthly rent is. And that goes against any lost income. So we can use this if there's damages and or unpaid rent to collect against this. It's essentially security deposit insurance that the tenant pays. And if they are able to sign up through that, um, meet that company's requirements, we get them signed up for that. And then we apply their security deposits to, to their unit. We don't want to go without that protection on the back end. I think that's very smart. 
That's very smart. And so the the cost for that insurance sounds like it's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, for the tenant, yeah, between 10 and 20 bucks. And that will get us between generally between $1,500 and $2,500 worth of protection from the tenants. I love it. Okay. So you mentioned that you've got some new properties in the portfolio. Are you mm-hmm. still actively looking for opportunities or are you simply trying to stabilize what's in the portfolio now? What's the philosophy? Right now we are still looking for additional properties to bring into the company. Uh, you know, we are a little bit overstaffed because as, we, as we've gone through this growth period, I didn't want uh, my, my first property manager to be overwhelmed and overworked. So I did actually overstaff a little bit. So we have uh, we have some leeway that we can fill up in our bandwidth for both of them. And so we are still pursuing growth. We have taken on multiple properties within April and May. And we have another 30 plus units, probably 40 in the pipeline that is going to go through June. And we have another investor that's negotiating on the 64 units as well. So yeah, we still have opportunities coming down the pipeline. Well, if folks want to learn more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? Uh, they can look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Colin Douthit, or they can look us up on our website, www.atlas.rentals. Terrific. Well, thank you, Colin, for sharing your thoughts and best of luck for collections on June the 1st. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Colin at atlaspropertymanagement.com. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.